1: With NASA turning 60 this week, Professor Andrew Coates of University College London has been talking to me, Sam Brown, about what NASA are looking for now, out there in the vastness of space.
0: Well, they've been looking, of course, for some time, (laughs) and um, using things like the Hubble Space Telescope, which of course has been uh, the mainstay of telescopes in space for some time. What they hope to do, really, is to look for the beginnings of the universe. So the universe started about 13.6 billion years ago, something like that. But really, it's looking at the processes which were involved in form- the formation of the universe and trying to push that back and understand more about when matter became matter. But putting the frontiers to, to see further back is what's going to be done with the, the next step, which is the James Webb Space Telescope. So this will be launched... Um, in a couple of years' time, will sort of take over from Hubble, really, as as being one of the large instruments associated with astrophysics, you know, with looking back to the beginnings of time. As well as that, it will be possible to look at a number of other things, you know, with a telescope like that. One can look at closer objects and
1: also be able to look at extrasolar planets. Slightly closer to home, do you know what plans NASA have to explore the rest of our solar system in more detail? We've just come out of
0: the Cassini mission. So the Cassini mission has been exploring Saturn um, for several years. And um, just last year, actually, the Cassini mission came to a fiery end in Saturn's atmosphere.
1: An intended fiery end, I expect. Yes,
0: actually, it was intended, yes. In fact, the idea was to avoid objects which Cassini had itself discovered, which were particularly interesting. So Enceladus with plumes of water coming out of it from a subsurface ocean. We had no idea before the Cassini mission went there. And also Titan with some very complex prebiotic chemistry going on. And further exploration of of the Saturn system is going to be very exciting. But before that happens, Mars is really a fascinating target.
1: So what's happening on Mars now?
0: So currently there are some rovers which are still working there, so the Opportunity rover and the Spirit rover. Those have been looking at water on Mars and habitability and finding out that Mars is quite habitable. And then NASA also have the Mars 2020 rover going at the same time. Mars is going to be quite busy in 2020. So the Mars 2020 mission will, will gather up samples for a potential mission to actually bring samples back to Earth. So if we don't discover life on Mars in situ um, with missions like the ExoMars rover, there will be the chance of actually bringing samples back later and using much more complicated labs um, on Earth to analyse the samples,
1: knowing where they come from. The idea of humans going to Mars has captured public interest lately, so I asked Professor Coates what he thought about the possibility of manned exploration of the Red Planet. We
0: owe it to Mars or we owe it to ourselves
1: to be able to answer the question
0: of is there or was there life on Mars before we actually take people and the contamination associated with people. So I think there is a ethical and scientific issue of sending people at the moment. I don't think it's time to do that yet. To explore the rest of the solar system, the missions that we've talked about actually um, are real missions of exploration, of actually sort of the robotic missions which are making trailblazing discoveries there. But with people, eventually the idea might be to go to Mars and one of the ways to expedite that is to um, involve commercial organisations in that. So there are things like SpaceX and Boeing which are um, working towards that. NASA also do quite a lot of work looking back at the Earth itself though. The International Space Station has really brought the international community together, not only NASA, but also Russia and uh, the European Space Agency and the Japanese Space Agency working together with hardware and space. So having a global picture and being able to revisit parts of the Earth frequently is something which is important in terms of space measurements, which have confirmed, really, the early ground-based measurements about global warming and things like weather forecasting are made much easier by getting the global view. So NASA, of course, have played a very important role in that, as have other agencies.
1: And finally, we sometimes get asked why we're spending money on things that don't have a definitive purpose and don't have a definite research outcome, a useful outcome to us in everyday life. What would you say to people who question why we're still looking into things out in the far reaches of space? Well, it is expensive, of course, to launch
0: anything into space. Um, The launcher itself is expensive. The the satellites are expensive as well. We use space for a number of different things, but that's not really what space science is about. We're about exploration. We're trying to understand our solar system and our universe and our place in the universe. And I think in order to do that, we need to understand more about um, the other planets and the astrophysical uh, processes going on in, in other regions. With that, we get a better impression of, um, of what our place in the universe is. And I think, you know, for expiration terms, that's the reason we're doing it.
1: That was Professor Andrew Coates from University College London speaking to me, Sam Brown, about NASA's current and upcoming missions. Botox Cosmetic, out toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years.
0: So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.